Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Sunday, September 6th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. On a somber occasion as the Philadelphia Flyers season has ended 337 days after it all began in the Czech Republic on October 4th. Flyers Daily, as always, is presented to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. On this episode, Chris Terrian will join us momentarily for his thoughts on Game 7 and the wrap-up of another NHL Flyers season. Yeah, It came crashing down. Flyers that looked like the tank was empty in Game 7 and uh, just didn't have what it took to, to, to get one more win in this series and move on to the Eastern Conference Final against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Islanders, they wear you down in the series. They're a big, heavy team, and that does have a cumulative effect. Also being down 3-1 in a series has a cumulative effect as well in the sense that you're playing with desperation, win or go home. The Islanders didn't have to tap into that resource of energy and desperation until this Game 7, and they had more in the tank for Game 7 than the Flyers did. Uh, That's just the fact of the matter. Um, It wasn't a great performance from the Flyers. Again, too many self-inflicted wounds. And while the Islanders are a good team and they proved to be the better team than the Flyers in this best-of-seven series, the Flyers did do their part in making them look better maybe than they actually are as well. And why is that? Well, that's self-inflicted wounds, and you got to learn from those things. And young players need to learn from those things. But the real big key here is as we kind of put a bow on this season, and we'll do it over the next couple of days in Flyers Daily, um, and I hope that, you know, Everybody's kind of calmed down from the loss, and it, it hurts. It sucks. The season ends. It sucks, and we had high expectations going in from you know the nine games uh, win streak uh, before the pause to uh, getting the number one seed in the round robin and everything. And we everybody wants to see the team win and have ultimate success, which is getting to lift that cup. Um, and it didn't happen, so it hurts. But I think a big key is, and I've heard some general managers talk about this, is uh, to remain, not overreact to the result in this very unique situation. And what does that mean? Well, that means this, that the team lost, and perhaps you can make some sweeping judgments on, on these playoffs that they need to be bigger, they need a score, they need this, they need that. If you were to look at these playoffs as a singular grouping, not with the regular season. But when you look at the regular season, and these playoffs, you can come to some conclusions, that, you, and maybe some of them are the same. But you have to be sure not to overreact because this is a very unique circumstance. Like, I'm not ready to say that Travis Konechny is not a big-time NHL playoff performer based on the fact that he didn't score in this postseason. Well, why not? Because he didn't score in this postseason. Well, the reason I'm going to do that because maybe he's a player that feeds off the energy of a crowd. Not having a crowd affected him. I don't know. Is that an excuse? It's not an excuse. I don't know. That could be something that affects him. Um, you know, players like why did Sean Couturier not be able to regain the offensive element of his game that he had all season? Uh, he had a baby right before he left. Maybe that's a factor. I, again, is it an excuse? Uh, no, I don't know. So you can't overreact to this situation where you have players away from their homes, away from their families, away from their kids, away from their parents, away from their own bed, all of those things uh, for 50 days because we don't know how it affects them as players we look at them as robots as pawns for our entertainment that's not the case um so again 
not to overreact to just these playoffs. You know, people are being really hard on travel, Travis Sanheim in social media. Travis Sanheim had a great year. He had a tough series. And again, I'm not ready to go, he can't play, he's no good because he had a tough series. It's experience that he needs to take the next step along the journey and to become an even better NHL defenseman, along with Phil Myers and along with Travis Konechny as a young forward that led the Flyers in scoring this year. Uh, like other guys that got very valuable playoff experience like Joel Farabee, not to mention Carter Hart, the goalie, who in these playoffs performed very well. And Pete, and listen, when you can check off the box of goaltending, it's like checking off the box of franchise quarterback in the NFL. Each one of those positions is so, so important to success in that in its specific sport. Brian Burke, the former NHL GM, he was the GM of the Ducks when they won the Cup in 07, said that goaltending is 80% of hockey. Unless you don't have it, then it's 100%. Well, they have it in Carter Hart. You check that box. And when you can check that box, checking some of the other boxes are a lot easier when you have that huge box checked. And they have that checked with Carter Hart. But let's get to my conversation right now with former Flyer defenseman. He suffered through some rough losses in his career, and he's going to articulate how that feels. Here's my conversation with Chris Terrian. Joining us right now uh, after the end of a season is former Flyer defenseman Chris Terrian. Bundy, um, as a player, what's that like when the final horn goes, you don't lift that cup, and it's all over? You look back at all that work that went into the entire season. What's that like for a player? Yeah, that, that's the hard part, Jason. Again, thanks for having me on. I know we've been doing these after the game, but certainly I think all of us uh, around the team, yourself, myself, guys that cover the team through the year, you know, we wear that, we wear it as well on our sleeve and it's um, disappointing for sure. You know, and I, and I guess what will be disappointing for the guys at the end of this game um, is, is the fact that I don't think they gave themselves the kind of chance that they wanted to give themselves it. And that'll be, uh, that's part of growing as a team. Uh, but I've been in that room. I've lost a game seven. I've lost playoff series. Uh, you know, every year of my career, I never won a cup. So eventually I was eliminated, but uh, it stinks. You know, you do, you realize, uh, you know, everyone has a dream to try to win the, the, that you want to win the Stanley cup. And um, the reality of the situation is harsh. It really is when you break it down because one team wins, one team wins at the end of the day. And, uh, and the other 30 right now go home miserable. And even the Stanley cup finalist goes home, trying to figure out what they can do next year to make their, their team uh, better or was there one piece or a few pieces that they need to try to get themselves uh, up over the hump. You know, I talked to Craig Berube. We all know Chief well, longtime Flyer teammate of mine, coach here as well. And we talked about his, his win last year in St. Louis, just whether we're golfing or just, you know, and, and he, you know, the really funny thing, Jason, when you, when you ask a guy like that who's been there, done that, um, he says, man, you need a lot of puck luck. You need a lot of bounces, and you almost have to have the hockey gods on your side because when we go back down and I look at those games from the playoffs last year, it's incredible the fine line between winning and losing. And now in the league, you know, so much parity. The teams are so even. They're so close that it's, it's, it's just certain things in a game that make the difference. And it's a matter of uh, the GM finding out what that is and, and trying to make it better. So your team doesn't go through another elimination uh, in the following year. Everybody's trying to do it. Everybody wants to win. It's a very difficult thing to do, and it's certainly a very difficult thing to be eliminated in a game seven. I've done that, uh, and it stinks, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to leave a bad taste in your mouth for a few days. Yeah, it's almost harsh the way it ends so quickly, and it's just over, and the routine's done, yeah. and everything else. It's, um, and the, thing, yeah. the, the point about, you know, in your conversations with Chief, 
and it is the hardest trophy to win because there's no other league in sports where every team that gets into the field of postseason has a chance like they do in the NHL. They, the, the best team yep. to that 16th team that make the, the playoffs in a normal year all can go, go on and win that trophy if they get those breaks, if they put themselves in the right position to capitalize on those breaks. Um, but I think it's really important. And um, after a series like this and after this situation, when we can look at this through rational eyes, not to overreact. And I know Travis Sanheim had a really tough series and some other players just never found their game. Like Travis connecting just never got going offensively. I thought he was a player that was immune to struggling in this situation. Uh, but clearly that wasn't the case from a goal scoring standpoint. Um, but but you, you got to be careful not to overreact from, uh, you know, making sweeping judgments on your team based on these very unique playoffs. Uh, I, I completely agree. And I, you know, tonight when uh, Alain Vigneault was speaking at the end of the game, I was uh, extremely impressed with his candor, but also impressed with the fact that he said, you know, I'd like to take some time to go over this, to evaluate it, to watch the tape again, and to see what happened. I think there was a, there was a, uh, um, a hint of clear disappointment in his voice. I don't think there's any hiding that. But again, he, he reserved the right to, uh, to make comments about the offseason uh, or even what transpired in-game. Um, so that, that for sure was great. But I will say this about the coach. Uh, he had as much to do with the, the foot forward this team took this year as much as any other player did. Uh, and it, it was uh, very, very noticeable. They got themselves a good one here. He's the guy that got this team pointed in a north direction. And, uh, again, uh, one team will win the Cup. It's not going to be the Flyers this year, but it's, it's taking that step. Yes, guys like Sandheim, even Myers at times struggled uh, defensively. Provorov did at times tonight. It happens. It's tough. The Islanders played a near-perfect hockey game tonight, and when that happens and you're not at the top of your game, guys are going to look exposed. And that's, uh, that's what happened in Game 7 tonight. It was a, certainly a disappointing final result to what was a very, very uh, uh, engaging series. Can you pinpoint um, kind of anything in the, you know, they, the Islanders, I, I can admit it now, they're the better team. And they earned the, being uh, crowned the better team in this series. I wouldn't have said that gone in, going into the series, but they were the better team. But do, do you agree with the fact that the Flyers gave them a little help in being the better team? A little too many self-inflicted wounds, if you will. They did at times, but you know what, Jason? I'm going to be honest with you. I really think the Islanders are a very good hockey team, and I will not be surprised if they end up beating Tampa Bay. Now, people may say I'm nuts. I just feel that they're constructed with size. That fourth line gives them life and energy, and they give them puck possession, which they keep the puck off the other team's stick. So you're wearing guys down uh, at certain times through the series. I think the Islanders were better the entire series than the Flyers. They dictated most of the play, most of the tempo. If you if you go back and look at it, the Flyers games that they won were all in overtime. Uh, they got some uh, uh, some lucky bounces at times, but they also made plays. They really went after the overtime games. Um, it's a tough it's a tough one to evaluate your group, but I you know and I, and I go back to really the beginning of the series. I said if the Flyers compete. At, a, at a, as high a level as they can, and they get into the middle of the ice, and they, and they make life miserable for New York, they'll have a chance to win. They could win this in seven games. And I did think before, if the Islanders played the kind of way I saw them play against Washington, it could be over in five games. Well, it almost was over in five games or six if it weren't for the heroics of Hart 
in a couple of timely plays by the Flyers in overtime. Uh, but this, uh, you know, I don't think you could be fooled and say we took this to seven games. Uh, I think the Islanders were at, at, at lots of times in this series a level ahead of the Flyers. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Bundy, as a player that was, you know, when you, back in your career, uh, getting into your first playoffs and, and kind of learning what it takes to win in the playoffs and how the game's different in the playoffs, how do you apply that in the offseason to, to learn from it, move forward, and, you know, take that next step as a playoff performer? You know, it's funny, Jace. I had, you know, my first uh, playoff uh, year, I, we, um, it went great for me, first two rounds. And then I ended up having a couple rough games of the Jersey series. And uh, uh, you know what? I ended up playing here another, what, 11, 12 years after that first year. And, and uh, you know what? You, you evaluate players for the body work they do, not just necessarily one game. Uh, I look at the, I look at so many of the positives that this team has this year. Yeah, uh, and, and two of them are indeed five and six. Uh, Sanheim and Myers, two good skating defensemen, uh, rookies uh, against. Uh, you know, I look at Konechny going into a playoff series. He's a guy who's going to have to be better. Uh, you can't just be a goal scorer. You're going to because when the goals aren't going in, you've got to find something else that you're good at, so that you're not relied upon just to become the guy that you know they think they can score goals. So there's a lot of learning curves. But what I'm saying is, is that. You know, I think that a good general manager and a good coach will evaluate the team for what they can be uh, and take into account some of the the lumps that young defensemen, especially, and young players in general, take in a playoff series like I did in the Jersey series, like these guys did in this one at times, um, and you move on from it and and you build upon that. That's how, you know, a a young guy in a playoff series is only going to know how to get better when you go through the experiences early in in your career. And I think that's the best and most valuable part about it. Guys like that, Carter Hart, again, uh, part of that freight, got a good look at some real intense playoff activity, and that will only help them moving forward. Yeah, let's talk about Carter Hart because um, and he gets such valuable experience in this return to play, and I thought he performed really well. I mean, at six minutes, eight minutes left to go in that game, he made a barrage of saves. He's still out there competing his butt off, um, and yep. he's got a lot of pride and and his team didn't have much in front of him, but he kept competing um, the way he has pretty much all season long. Uh, knowing uh, you got that goaltender box checked, and, and you, uh, your guy that played in this league, you talked to general managers in this league that you're, you played with and are friends with, and coaches like Craig Berube and many others. Um, when you can check that box in the NHL of having the goaltender that you can rely on in Carter Hart at 22 years of age, that's such a huge box to check isn't it? it's like the, it's like the franchise quarterback in football yeah where you don't have to worry about a, a, anything that goes on it's like okay we're in the offseason goaltending check we're good yeah. you can have whoever you want as your backup I mean you know I mean if it's Brian Elliott again that may be great you know that's fine and that's a luxury that you have now with having a stud 22 uh, year old goalie that's gonna be able to play a ton of heavy minutes for you certainly the next five to seven years anyway um before you even have to worry about exploring somebody that may have to come in and, and play 25 games. So uh, I'm excited about, you know, those prospects. I've talked to, you know, guys like Bernie Pratt, other goalies about him. And, you know, they say he's a real deal just with his uh, demeanor. And I've been around a lot of goalies, probably too many in my career in Philadelphia. And uh, I certainly see that as well. A calm, collected uh, young man that's, that's very, very focused on trying to win for his team. And that's, you can't ask for anything more than that. And by the way, got a heck of a lot of talent too yeah he really does and uh just so impressed with him even in defeat um bundy um i want to give stick taps to gary bettman bill daly 
the NHLPA for getting yep. this game back on the ice. I mean, you know, what we've gone through as a country and with the, the world, with the pandemic and to get the game back and uh, for their way that they kind of handled this whole situation and, you know, the players sacrificed to, to go be in a hub city and bubbled off and, and no positive tests and all those things. Everybody took it really seriously. And I think it's an important element to even recognize the fact that the league and the players did a tremendous job to give these people this entertainment and, and everything that went along with it. I, I could not agree more with you, Jace. I think that they had done an absolutely terrific job. I was a skeptic going in. I'm like, man, what are we gonna? What's this gonna look like? Well, you look. You lost a year of paychecks to uh, <laughs> a lockout. <laughs> I I did, yeah. So I, I'm still kind of getting over that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think they said by 2030 I should be over it and, and moving on fresh. So we'll go for that. But uh, <laughs> absolutely, Gary Bettman and Bill Daly, the NHL, the NHLPA, the players, uh, the people around it, the, the in-game presenters, uh, the people in the rink making the games go, cleaning it, sanitizing it after each game. A huge stick taps, Jason. I think the NHL did this and did it with uh, absolute precision uh, in, in both keeping everybody safe uh, and healthy. And um, certainly when we look back at this, and, you know, you and me in 25 years, maybe back remember that year that they had the, the Corona Cup, uh, and uh, we'll look back and say, you know what, it was really, really well done. And, there's, and, I, and I won't have anybody say differently to me anyway. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a major stick taps to, to the everybody that kind of uh, put everything together. They did a tremendous job in very difficult and trying circumstances. Bundy, we're going to talk again soon because uh, Flyers Daily is not going away, and you're going to be a big part of it, and I appreciate you checking in after all these games. It was uh, tr- not only a tremendous help to me, educational to me, and I know the audience as well. Great work by you. Uh, you earned your next shift, and uh, we won't talk to you a year's pay, all right? <laughs> Chase. You know how I feel about you, buddy. You're a good friend. You do a great job with what you're doing with Flyers Daily and, and access to the players, uh, to media, getting great stuff out to our fans every single day. Uh, and I'll say this to the Flyers as well. I work for the Flyers, do the stuff at NBC. It, it's, been a, it's been a great year, uh, a lot of great things in-house, and, and I only look forward to the future that holds up for you and me and, and for the players, for everybody involved in Flyers hockey. Yeah, Flyers hockey is uh, certainly relevant in Philadelphia again. Bundy, thanks for doing this. You got it, Jason. Have a great weekend. Special thanks to Chris Terrian for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. And uh, we'll bring you another new episode coming up tomorrow. And we'll continue to break this thing down. I know, I know it hurts the day after, and it still hurts right now. And a season has ended, and it was so... Look, here's the deal, too. I want to say this, because I think it's important. Um, the game came back in the midst of a pandemic. These players sacrificed so much to come back. And, and provide us, hockey fans, with the game that we love. They came back to win. They came back, all of those things. And, you know, stick taps to them for doing it because they didn't have to do it. They could, opt, they could have opted out. And a lot of these players are in positions where they don't have to earn financially. They have enough money. Not all of them, but some of them. But the game being back, it provided us a ton in a time when we just went four plus months without sports and where our world is very difficult, it to get the game back on the ice and escape into a game for three hours or four and a half hours when you go double overtime and have the talking point with your friends to be able to text and all that stuff again with the game back, that was awesome. 
That was truly awesome. And the fact that Oscar Limbaum got into a game after his diagnosis in in December and played NHL playoff hockey technically in the same season, how can any of this be that bad when you have that for perspective? How can it? Yeah, we wanted the team to go further. We wanted the team to have more success. The future is bright. But Oscar Lindblom played in a game in the Stanley Cup playoffs, too, as a matter of fact. So think about that while you're kind of suffering through this loss. And just remember that element of it. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to Flyers Daily. We'll talk to you on tomorrow's episode. It's brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center, supporting our Flyers. Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new episode. Closing time Open all the doors And let you out Into the world Closing time Turn all of the lights On over every boy And every girl Closing time One last call for alcohol So finish your whiskey Or beer Closing time, you don't have to go home, but you can.